What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right. Episode eleven. I feel like this day kind of just like sprung up out of nowhere. I was kind of like, oh shit, I gotta record the next podcast. And then um, when I thought about doing it, it was weird because it, it felt like I hadn't done one in a long time, but at the same time, it, it felt like this crept up. So it might have just not been on my mind for the week. Maybe that's what it was. And then all of a sudden, it was just time to do it or whatever. But uh, I did just fix my headphones a bit. So Yay! that's good news. The headphones have really been fucking pissing me off. I've been pretty annoyed inside my head at the dude that sold them to me for half-busted headphones. I mean, it was still a little annoying what I had to deal with for the past couple of months or so, but fixed them, so they all right now. Um, anyway, today we got Spoonie G and Will Smith. Now, I don't know if when people hear this lineup that they necessarily jump to the conclusion that this is going to be a very big episode, but I guarantee you it is. This is going to be a sick episode. I think there's going to be some some shocking things in here. There's really a lot of cool new things that are going to go on in this episode. So um, with that being said, let's get into Spoonie G first. Both of these artists came out in 1987. That's when, well, you know what? Spoonie G, we have him listed as 1987 because that's the year when his first album officially came out. But he had singles out as early as the 70s. Um, He was also a member of the Treacherous Three who were a pioneering hip-hop group that was formed in 1978 and consisted of DJ Easy Lee, Cool Moe D, LA Sunshine, Special K, and Spoonie G who left in the late 1970s. They first appeared on record in 1980 on the B-side of Spoonie G's single, Love Rap. Now, let me explain a little bit about the Treacherous Three here before we get into Spoonie G. The Treacherous Three did not qualify as a group because this is uh, this one is a little complicated. This We had to go through a couple of things here to, to get to the bottom of this. But they had four members, two of which qualified and two that didn't, leaving the group at an even 50%. Now, the rule, as we discussed in the intro, is that if 50% of a group's members qualify, that group will count if and only if the group existed before the individual artists. Now, in this case, it does. The group was together as a group before any of these artists had put out albums or anything like that. The problem is that... Spoonie G left the group in the 1970s, leaving them with only three members when they put out their first debut album in 1984. So at that time, two out of the three members, or 66% of the group's artists, were not qualified. Because the three MCs in the group were Cool Modi, who did qualify, Special K, who didn't qualify, and LA Sunshine, who didn't qualify. So he was only 33% of the group, leaving them unqualified. So a little bit of a, a confusing scenario there. But at the end of the day, the Treacherous Three did not qualify as a group. So Spoonie G's solo stuff will be the only stuff that is counted here because the Treacherous Three did not make the cut. Uh, birth names, Gabriel Jackson. 
He's also known as the Godfather, Spoonie G, the Metropolitan. Origins, Harlem, New York City, New York, United States. Genres of hip-hop and funk. And his years active are listed from 1975 to present. Um, I just want to point out that he is not currently, at least to, to any type of knowledge or information that I could find, he is not currently putting out music. He hasn't been for a while, but the way that this is listed, I would assume that he's probably involved in some sort of other scenario in hip-hop to where he's not necessarily making recordings himself of his own original music, but he probably is involved in hip-hop in some way, shape, or form. So uh, a little background on him. Gabriel Jackson, born May 27, 1963, better known by his stage name Spoonie G., is one of the earliest rap artists and one of the few to release records in the 1970s. He has been credited with originating the term hip-hop and some of the themes in his music were precursors of gangster rap. Now, it's kind of interesting that this, that this comes up, especially now, here and now, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I want to talk about originating the term hip-hop. In the intro, we covered a lot of the history of hip-hop, the elements, um, a lot of things... And it really wasn't a hundred percent sure of who really completely coined that term. I don't know if you tuned in or not, but we spoke about DJ Cool Herc um, and things like that. But it is noted that Spoonie G has been credited with originating the term hip hop. So it's pretty crazy. Right now, we're getting into an artist here in a hip hop study. And this is basically the guy that called this entire genre hip-hop. Um, like, they, like they said, he's also known as the Godfather. You can probably understand why. Um, so now let's get into one of his songs. Let's go to his list. Let's hit random. There wasn't that many songs. I know that sounds ridiculous, but there wasn't a lot of songs. We'll get into why shortly. Um, the Treacherous Theo also only had like two albums, I believe it was. So it's not even that you know, he, the group didn't qualify and that's why he only had a certain number of songs, but, uh, we'll get into why later. So this is Spoonie G and the name of the song is called The Godfather. Okay, so a couple of things here. He says, well, let's get this straight. There's no contest. So now you people know, don't have to guess. This is, you know, right back to, I would think if you've been following along, this is right back to what you would probably expect from a guy who just got the description that we gave. This is one of the earliest hip hop artists. Uh, one of the very few artists to have any songs, if any, out in the 70s. This is a very simple, you know, one syllable, one rhyme per bar. There's no contest, and then it's just guess, so you're just rhyming the last syllable of that. I'm not the king of rap, not lord, not prince. I was a young kid rapping, I've been rocking ever since. 
again, these are basic lines. The first two really are kind of whatever. These two are a little bit better because they, they lead into each other well. And then he comes with, I was just a young buck. I didn't care what MCs were in my way. They never uttered a butt. Now, this is, again, right back to the same pattern that we've had with most of the artists that we've covered so far, especially early on. You have four bars right there that are very simple, um, very basic rhyme pattern, just one rhyme per bar, one syllable per rhyme. And then he makes a jump to something else. And when he does, other things take a hit. So he says, I was just a young buck. I didn't care what. Now it's two rhymes in the bar. There are only one syllable on the rhyme, but two rhymes in the bar instead of one. But it's a run-on bar. I didn't care what. And then he finishes his sentence in the next bar. MCs were in my way. They never uttered a butt. Which... Again, that's one of those lines where it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's not that it's a bad line or anything like that. But it's just kind of one of those things where you're throwing any word in there at the end to just kind of make it rhyme. And it's not a great line. Again, it, there's nothing wrong with this first verse right here. It's only a couple of bars. But there's nothing wrong with this verse at all. Very simple. Very basic. Um nothing that would raise or lower this from being an average score right now. I call silly young ladies to just chill. They never say no to me. Always say that they will do whatever I want them to. When I confront them to watch where you're walking or you just might fall into. I never rule them. I only school them. But if they ever try to fool me, that's when I feel them. I'm a god. Okay, a couple things. First of all, we hear the hook. All he's saying in the hook is I'm the godfather. Now again... This song by itself, I don't particularly remember too much about Spoonie G off the top of my head. I obviously did him a long time ago. Um, also, he only had like 20-something songs, I believe. So, it would, again, unless he did this every song, which I don't remember that happening, it would be hard for somebody to really lose credit for something like this with only having 20-something songs. Like I said, unless he did it constantly. Because... Even if he did it, you know, a certain percentage of the time, it's still only going to add up to three or four songs, probably. So, especially when listening to the song by itself, because I'm the Godfather, is not something that's going to make this song lose any points by itself. But it would be noted that the hook is just a one-bar thing. There's not even a rhyme in it at all. He's just saying it. Again, it could just be something autistic. You can't take points away from somebody for just repeating something in the hook or even leaving the hook blank altogether. Tupac was a master at that. But when something is done all the time, constantly, and they never show the ability to do anything else, this is when people start losing points for just saying one word or something like that in the hook. Uh, as far as going into verse 2, I caught silly young ladies to just chill. They never said no to me, always say that they will do. Now, the problem is... There's actually a couple of problems with this right here. First of all, it's a run-on bar. They never say no to me. They always say what they will do, whatever I want them to, when I confront them to. Watch where you're walking or you might just bump into. So now, in four bars, you have two run-on bars. And he had a run-on bar you know, already in the first verse. And remember, use that term verse loosely because these are only a handful of bars right here. So... It's not as if he's doing, you know, one run-on bar in each verse. In reality, 
if that hook wasn't cutting these in half, this would all still be the first verse right now. So that's the third run on bar in less than 16 bars. But he does have two syllables on the rhyme here, at least on the second set of bars. Uh, I never rule them. I only school them. But if they ever try to fool me, that's when I fool them. So now you have rule them, school them. He has two, two rhymes in the one bar. It's only one syllable because them and them is the same word. But if they ever try to fool me, that's when I fool them. So three rhymes in the three one syllable rhymes in the two bars. Again, it's just basic, simple stuff. The only thing that we're really seeing here that's anything of note is the fact that he keeps using run on bars, which has been a popular pattern with a lot of these older artists and stuff like that. So, you know, probably expect to see more of it. But this is still just an average song so far right here. To make money, I rap on stage, shake my butt for your honey. Cause I'm a rockin', I'm a non-stoppin' MC baby, who loves finger poppin'. So don't fix me, just kiss me. If I ever have you and leave, you're gonna miss me. I'm just a brother, so what's up, sis? Cause it's the pretty young lady that make me talk like this. Yes, I'm the god Okay, so no time to be jealous, only to make money. I rap on stage, shake my butt for your honey. Basic stuff, but it is two syllables on the rhyme because I'm rocking and I'm non-stopping MC baby who loves finger popping Now again the lines themselves he's never said anything crazy or amazing yet But we're seeing a little bit more here He has two one two two syllable rhymes in the first two bars and then he has three two syllable rhymes in the next two bars and then he says so don't diss me, just kiss me. If I ever had you and leave, you're going to miss me. So diss me, kiss me, two rhymes in the one bar. Diss and kiss are the only things that rhyme, so it's one syllable. And then he has miss after that. So again, three rhymes in the two bars now. That's three, six, eight. That's eight rhymes in three bars with five of them being two syllables. I'm just a brother, so what's up, sis? Because it's the pretty young ladies that make me talk like this. Again, sis, this, one syllable, one rhyme. But, you know, basic simple stuff here in general for the most part. Probably a trend that's going to continue on for the song, I would assume. And then it goes into a fourth verse here, which is actually a little bit longer than the other two. Now, remember, we talked about how most of these songs from, from back here um, are usually a bit longer than we're probably used to nowadays, with the exception of, like, the Beastie Boys and stuff like that. They were they were much different than Norm. They did a lot of random stuff. They had a lot of short songs and stuff like that. So, But this is, like, a five-minute song, whereas nowadays a five-minute song would be considered very long. So... <laughs> Okay, so 
They say that I'm an MC, some say that I'm a poet. I changed my style, people just don't know it yet. Now, this is this is one of those things again. I think we had something like this like a like a week or two ago. I think it was 2 weeks ago. I I don't understand why say the word yet. Your line ends in yet. And before that you had poet. I changed my style, people just didn't know it yet. Why not just say I changed my style? People just didn't know it. I I don't understand. It's just a poor choice right there. Again, it's it's nothing major. Um, poet, know it. That's a two-syllable rhyme. I don't understand why he chose to end the bar with a word that didn't rhyme, especially when it was a completely unnecessary word and it didn't even fit. He had to squeeze it in. So it's just a it's just a poor choice right there. It's a weird choice. Then he says, "I had to tell him." I might fell him. I think that's what he says. I can't. The words are not. It's there's question marks here with some of these lines, um, and it's hard for me to tell what he says. Either way, I don't think he's saying anything right there that's gonna make or break this song in any type of way. But it's the same ending. It's it's two rhymes in the one bar, but it's one syllable. And then he says, "You messed with me in both the eyes. I'll swell him." Now, this is one of those scenarios where, again, it's not a bad line. There's nothing wrong with this line. But a lot of times you'll see, especially early on, where artists kind of say sentences in a fashion where the words are kind of in the wrong order. But they're just saying them because there's another word somewhere that rhymes. So it's a little bit of a cop-out because... You get to take a part from the bar that rhymes and then kind of switch the order of the words and put that part at the end. It's similar to doing a run-on bar, but a little bit different, but it's a little bit of a cop-out. Again, nothing too crazy here. There's nothing well above or below average or anything like that. I would say in general, it's probably been a little bit more negative than positive with the the three or four run-on bars, this little shortcut here. Um, he has had a couple of two-syllable rhymes, a couple of bars where there was, you know, more than one rhyme on the bar. But in general, mostly average stuff here. Like Al Capone, I'm about to take charge, got something and a new car in my garage. So, charge, garage, it's only one syllable because charge is only rhyming with the second syllable in garage. All the ladies want to cruise me, they don't move me. See my bankroll. They want to try to use me. Now, the two bars have to do with each other. And they lead into each other well. But all the ladies want to cruise me. is not. It doesn't really make much sense. I mean, I, I understand what he's insinuating. But it's certainly not a good line. They don't move me is okay. It's two lines. Uh, two rhymes in the one bar. Cruise and move. Just one syllable. See my bankroll and they want to try to use me. All three times in those scenarios, it's me, me, me. So that doesn't rhyme. It's just cruise, move, use. So it's three rhymes, one syllable each in the two bars. Um, more of the same of what we've seen. Mostly just basic stuff here. Alright, so, 
But I'm no fool, never losing my cool. So again, two one-syllable rhymes on the bar. But for me to undress, I make the young ladies drool. They lead into each other well. Um, they're very simple, simple lines. But I'm no fool, never losing my cool. Um, you know, again, three rhymes, one syllable, just very basic stuff. I'm not bragging, telling you what I'm about. Young ladies, no babies, and marriage is out. Now, that's probably one of his best bars right there in the song so far. Because he says, I'm not bragging, telling you what I'm about. A. Young ladies, B. No babies, B. And marriage is out. A. So he has an A, B, B, A rhyme pattern there. He also has four rhymes in two bars. With two of those four rhymes being two-syllable rhymes. So, again, probably his best set of bars in the song. They they lead into each other well. They make sense. There's four rhymes in them. Two of them are two syllables. But if you insist, you can come get this. Your house or mine, night or day will be fine. So, keeping the same theme here of what he's been talking about. And then you have insist this on the first bar. So, two rhymes. Your house or mine, night or day will be fine. Now... That's one of those scenarios where we've spoke about this before. Instead of the second bar rhyming with the first bar, the second bar just rhymes with itself. But this isn't too bad because he did have his best bars of the song right before this. He also has four rhymes in these two bars. They're all one syllable. But that is the first time that he's done this in the song. So he's not showing me a pattern to where he has to just keep rhyming two words in his last bar because he can't think of anything that makes sense and rhymes with his first bar he hasn't gotten into that pattern he hasn't shown me that he's incapable of doing that so he would get a pass on that it could just be something that he wanted to do on those lines so let's get with it so that i can hit it in an hour or two me and you can just quit it so again, it keeps up with what he's talking about. Then you have with it, hit it, two rhymes, one syllable each. In an hour or two, I mean, you could just quit it. Again, they all say it, so it's just one syllable on the rhymes. It is three rhymes and two bars. So for pretty much that entire fourth verse right there, which was closer to the normal size of a, of a regular verse, that was probably his best verse of the song and... He had more than one rhyme in almost every bar for the entire verse. So I would probably say at this point, we might even be seeing a little bit more good than bad. Whereas I just said that we were seeing a little bit more bad than good. So he's on the upswing here. Let's see where he goes with it because there is three more verses. They're all short, but there's three more verses. Thank you. 
Okay, so now the beat will be smoking when the fire is out. So take your hand off your hips and baby, let's work out. It's not a good line for a couple of reasons. The first bar is talking about the beat being smoking when the fire is out. And then he follows it with, so take your hand off your hips and baby, let's work it out. It He's saying so as if it has something to do with the bar before it and it has nothing to do with the bar before it. And the last word of the first bar is out. And then he rhymes, quote unquote, rhymes it with out. The fire is out. Let's work out. It's the same word. It's not a rhyme. Um, so that's just not a good line in any way, shape, or form. No leaning on the wall. No standing around. So are you ready for what? For the beating me now. Again, basic lines. There's nothing really too great or too bad about that. Because people come and see me, some people want to be me, pretty young ladies want to L-U-V me. Those are pretty good bars. Now, again, it's all me at the end of all three of them, but the rhymes are C, me, and V. So there's three rhymes and two bars. They make sense. They lead into each other well. Uh, nothing great, but pretty decent lines right there. The beat's so bad that at 9 o'clock in the morning, if you play it, they'll call the cops. The, the line itself is not that bad. Um, it's, it's not great because, you know, if you play any type of music past a certain time or whatever the case is, which is usually around 9 or 10 o'clock, you could be playing hard rock, you know, you could be playing whatever. Um, Somebody is going to bitch and complain about it. So it's not really a great line. And it's also a run-on bar because... The beat is so bad that at 9 o'clock and it cuts off there into the next bar in the morning. If you play it, they'll call the cops. So that probably was actually his worst verse of the song right there because we had the first two bars that had no rhymes. They just he said the same word uh, twice. And then you have the last one, the last two bars in the verse, which is a, a run-on bar. So it's we're seeing some real inconsistency here in at least this song. It's on the guard ball. You got rocket beats, non stopping beats, some breakers even have finger popping beats. Always rapping on time, Gemini's my sign. I'm so deep, that's why I keep all the girls on my. I'm a fanatic at this, I'm at the top of the list. Stay cool, don't break the rule unless you want it in this. Respect me while I'm rapping on the record and show you can stare, cause I don't care just as long as you know that I'm the guard ball. Okay, you got rockin' beats, non-stoppin' beats, some records even have finger-poppin' beats. So you got rockin' and stoppin' on the first bar that rhyme, which is two rhymes in one bar and two syllables on the rhyme. Some records even have finger-poppin' beats. So again, you got rockin', stoppin', and poppin', three rhymes and two bars, two syllables on the rhyme. Um, the lines themselves are really not that great. He's kind of just saying the same thing over and over again, but he is using different words, so he makes it work. Always rapping on time. Gemini is my sign. I'm so deep. That's why I keep all the girlies on mine. So again, we're going to have a give and take here. He tries to do something a little bit more than what he's been doing, and we see him succeed at that and then kind of lose some steam in another area. Always rapping on time. A, Gemini is my sign, A, 
I'm so deep, B. That's why I keep, B, all the girlies on mine. Now, he has an A-A-B-B-A pattern there. And he also has five rhymes in two bars. But when you break down the rhymes themselves, not great. Always rapping on time. Eh, kind of just probably wanted to say something that rhymed with time, sign, mine, all that. Always rapping on time. Gemini is my sign. Those are completely random. They have nothing to do with each other. I'm so deep. That's why I keep all the girlies on mine. Again, nothing to do with each other. Uh, those are all one-syllable rhymes. But again, there is five of them, and he does have an A-A-B-B-A rhyme pattern. So a little bit of give and take there, which is a lot of what we've seen from a lot of these early artists. I'm a fanatic at this. I'm at the top of the list. Stay cool. Don't break the rules unless you want to get dissed. Same pattern as before. I'm a fanatic at this A. I'm at the top of the list A. Stay cool B. Don't break the rules B unless you want to get dissed A. So again, we have an A A B B A rhyme pattern. Five rhymes in there, all one syllable. Definitely more good than bad. Respect me while I'm rapping on a record or a show. You could stare because I don't care just as long as you know. Now... He doesn't have the same rhyme pattern. In this one, he has A, B, B, A. So it's only four rhymes instead of five rhymes, but he does have four rhymes and two bars. They're all one syllable, and it's respect me while I'm rapping on a record or a show, A. You could stare, B, because I don't care, B, just as long as you know, A. And then that goes well into the hook that I'm the godfather. Alright, so that was Spoonie G, I'm the Godfather. Back into the last verse here. Now you'll be jumping, your heart'll be thumping. Two rhymes in the first bar, two syllables on the rhyme. Place'll be rocking, sweat'll be popping. Another two rhymes on that, so he has four rhymes in two bars. All four of them are two syllables, but he did do the same thing as he did earlier where bar one doesn't rhyme with bar two, bar one only rhymes with itself, and bar two only rhymes with itself. Now, again, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take points away from him with this because he does have four two-syllable rhymes in the scenario where he does it. So he doesn't seem to be doing it as like an easy cop-out. He seems to be actually quite the opposite, trying to get in maybe either more rhymes or or more syllables on the rhyme or whatever, because the both times that he did do it, it didn't look like it was an easy cop-out. It looked like the exact opposite. Um, but it still needs to be noted that it, it was done twice now in the same song. Um, now, he ends that bar, that second bar, with sweat'll be poppin', and then starts the third bar with off your face all over the place. So it's a run-on bar again. That's probably the fifth or sixth run-on bar he's had in this song. But he does have face in place in that in that one bar, which is two rhymes in the one bar, easily spin the records at a steady pace. So he's got 
seven rhymes in four bars right there and four of those seven rhymes are two syllables so pretty good he did have the run on bar there and he did have the scenario where bar one didn't rhyme with bar two but he made up for it in other areas so again give it give and take a little bit inconsistent to a certain extent um don't stand around your face holding a frown this is the season no reason you can't get down so he does the same pattern that he did a couple of times earlier. Don't stand around A. Your face holding a frown A. This is the season B. No reason B. You can't get down A. So again, five rhymes and two bars. Two syllables on two of the five rhymes. The other three are one syllable. But the bars make sense and they lead into each other well. You do have a little bit of a scenario where your face holding a frown you know, again, you're changing the order of the words and stuff like that. Uh, most of this is give and take, but I think more good than bad so far. So get off the wall. Let's have a ball. Boogie down to the beat. Just give it your all. Pretty basic, simplistic stuff right there. One syllable on the rhymes. But again, he does have three rhymes in the two bars. No need to jump high. Just have money to spend so you could have a good time because it's within. Just the one rhyme per bar there and uh, one syllable on the rhyme. You know, not the hardest line to end the song with, but makes sense. Just have a good time because it's within. Um, I do want to point out that in general, he did do a couple of impressive rhyme patterns there a couple of times. And he was very consistent, at least in that song, with rhyming more than one rhyme in each bar um he almost always had at least three to where the first bar would have two rhymes on it and then he would either do another two rhymes and then go back to the first one which he did multiple times or he would just you know stick with the first one and have the three rhymes in the two bars but Aside from the very beginning of the song, it was rare that he ever just had the one rhyme with the one syllable on it and stuff like that. Now, as far as what that song was scored, I would probably lean towards slightly above average just based on all the lyrical things that he showed with, um, you know, five rhymes per bar, two syllables on the rhymes. Um, he that's one thing he was inconsistent to where he did have some scenarios where there were poor moments and then he had other scenarios that were certainly impressive which for the most part I felt even each other out so he was inconsistent in that fashion but he was consistent in the fashion that he multiple times showed different rhyme patterns the ability to do different rhyme patterns and almost always had more than one rhyme on each bar um, I definitely wouldn't say that alone like that it's just a good song but I would have probably noted down that I thought it was you know slightly above average to the point where if he kept doing that on every song um, which I, I don't believe he did but if he kept having five rhymes every couple of bars and he kept having double syllable rhymes and just all these things that were going on again not saying that it was majorly impressive there was no major theme there or story that was kept or anything like that it wasn't a hit song um nothing to that matter but he did do some things in there for sure that were above average as well as below average but i thought he did a little bit more above average things there so it would probably just be noted that 
it was a little bit above average, but didn't quite get a two. So maybe the next one or the one after that or whatever, like I said, the patterns are continued. Then, you know, all right, maybe I call one of those a good song. Um, with that being said, let's get into what I wrote down for Spoonie G as I was studying him. Spoonie G was one of the first rap artists and has even been credited with originating the term hip hop. Lyrically, he was definitely below average with mostly one syllable simplistic rhymes and run on bars. Occasionally, his lines didn't really make much sense or didn't rhyme at all. The Godfather of Rap only released one qualifying album, which was nearly a decade after his entrance into the rap game, and then an EP almost two decades after the first one. Both albums were average. Together, they only came out to a total of 13 songs, plus another 10 singles, bringing his total to 23, none of which were great or good, and two that were weak. While only having direct impacts on a few artists such as Biggie, DMX, and a few others, he has been described as the original gangster rapper. Although he isn't necessarily a household name, starting that trend in hip-hop was clearly a huge thing. In short, it would be hard to not give a high score for originality to one of the original rappers. So, you can tell from my notes where we insinuated on, on you know, the song, if he would continue these patterns and do that on every song, then I probably would have, you know, called one of those songs a good song. It looks to me, from what I wrote down, that that didn't happen, what we just heard, very often. Um, it sounds to me like some of the things that were negative in that song that we pointed out, it seems to me like those were probably the things that were done on a regular basis, and that song happened to be one of the exceptions to where he went above and beyond on that song. So that might have been really kind of the best of Spoonie G that you just got right there. Now, let's get into the math. Lyrics, he gets a three and a half. Albums, 3.14 with zero classics. Songs, minus 0.87. Impact, he gets a six and a half. And originality, he gets a seven and a half. You add all those up, you divide by five, you get a final rating of 3.95, which leaves him in 86th place of 114 artists done. So... Again, the song score is almost minus one. He only had 23 songs. So any great or, or weak songs that he has is going to have more of an impact on his song score because his, you know, his entire body of work was very small. As far as the impact, now, obviously he gets a fairly good amount over average just probably based on the fact that he's credited with coining the term hip-hop. This is a hip-hop study. You can't give somebody a below average score that literally basically created the thing that you're studying. That being said, there wasn't too much else that he did as a rapper. Again, he only had 23 songs in total. He only had an, one album and one EP, not including The Treacherous 3, but still you can add those two albums in. That still only makes three albums and one EP. And only really direct impacts, visible impacts, as far as people either taking rhymes or beats or sampling or anything like that on a, a very small handful of artists. So he gets a six and a half for impact, which I feel is fair because it's, it's far enough above average, but at the same time, it leaves room for the artists that influence 40 people, 40 huge names and, you know, broke all these, these records with record sales and all these other things. Um, 
Originality gets a seven and a half. Again, he's one of the original rappers, um, co- you know, credited with coining the term hip hop, and he's noted as basically the original gangster rapper, which that obviously evolved over time. Things got a lot more aggressive and serious and direct and stuff like that, but he is credited with being one of the first people to do that, and KRS-One, who we just covered last week, is actually another, another one who is really credited with with something like that as well. So again, you know, we spoke about this with D-Nice last week. It's a little tough to really, you know, get a, a real sound scenario on somebody that only has 20-something songs. But, you know, Spoonie G, one of the originators right there, one of the earliest rappers of all time, you know, credited with coining the term hip-hop. Just big shout-out to him. I mean, if anybody gets a fucking shout-out, it's got to be him. Uh... You know, the guy coined the term hip-hop, and that's what we're sitting here studying. So, again, not trying to take anything away from him. One of the earliest rappers ever. It was actually um, a fairly decent performance, what we just saw in the song that we listened to. Um, You know, overall, doesn't get a great finish, but, you know, can't be overlooked as an artist there. Um, Anybody who really you know, deems themselves a fan of hip-hop or a hip-hop historian or, you know, knowledgeable in hip-hop. I mean, you got to know about Spoonie G if for nothing else, at least just the fact of, you know, him being one of the original gangster, basically being the original gangster rapper and coining the term hip-hop. So, um, with all that being said, let's get into Will Smith. And I want to say before we do this, that I told you guys that today was a big episode and an exciting episode. Now, There was more than one reason that I said that. Obviously, when you have the person on that's credited with coining the term hip-hop, that's a big thing right there in itself. Um, He's also one of the only artists to have songs out in the 70s. That's also big. We didn't even start covering anything until 1980 here because like we said in the the intro and um, also episode two with Sugar Hill Gang, that that really was when hip-hop albums started coming out and it started to become more known and mainstream and official to the point that you could sit down and say hey here's a starting point where you can go forward he was he was rapping before then so those things are big but really the reason that this is an extra big episode is because of will smith um i really think that will smith is extremely slept on in in very many fashions not really just as a rapper, but for all the things that he brought to the table and a lot of the accomplishments that he had. And it's funny because when I was looking into Will Smith, I was thinking to myself, you know, it's not going to be the easiest thing right now to find a lot about his rap career because if you just go search Will Smith, you're going to hear a lot more about his acting career than you are about his rapping career. But to my shock, there was a lot on both, and there was actually a lot to cover when, when doing the background of Will Smith. So I, I want you people to note that, that just when we read this background of Will Smith's, just his music career, it's big, it's long, and it's got a lot of things in it. So acknowledge that, because yes, he is more of an actor than a rapper. Yes, he has more fame as an actor, um, and he probably is, is better as an actor. But he really is overlooked as a rapper, and it partially could be just because he's so huge as an actor that people just don't think of him as a rapper first. But I'm really hoping that, 
I can change the perspective a little bit here on Will Smith, not because of my love for Will Smith, because I, I really do like Will Smith as a person, and I love Will Smith as an actor, and I love a lot of his movies, but admittedly, I never really fucked with Will Smith's music like that. And I, I don't want to spoil too much here, but after studying him, I, I kind of was a little bit, a little bit frustrated of, damn, like, why don't people ever fucking tell you to listen to Will Smith? Like, they talk about his acting all the time. Why are they not talking about his rapping? And it's not like he didn't have any success. He had a tremendous amount of success. So, you know, with all that being said, let's get into some details and some background about Will Smith strictly as a rapper. Uh, his birth name is Willard Carroll Smith Jr. He was born September 25th, 1968 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, United States. Now, let's pause here for a second. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe Will Smith is the first rapper we're covering here that is not from New York City. We are up to our 28th artist right now in Will Smith. So he's our 28th artist and all 27 of the previous artists have all been from the New York area in one way, shape, or form, whether it was Long Island, the Bronx, Manhattan, Brooklyn, whatever like that. They were all from that area. I believe he is the first rapper here that has qualified in this study to not be from New York. So, again, right off the bat, you're seeing something different here from Will Smith. Now, I don't want to put too much into this because he was born where he was born. This is not a skill. This is not something that he did. But I just want to start off on the right foot here of pointing out that instantaneously, before he ever says a bar or does anything, just the fact that he is rapping and made it to this level to be on this study, and he's not from New York, is the first of something. Uh, he's also known as the Fresh Prince, and his years active are listed as 1986 to present. Now... A little background about him. Smith started as the MC of the hip-hop duo DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince with his childhood friend Jeffrey DJ Jazzy Jeff Towns as turntablist and producer. Towns and Smith were introduced to each other by chance in 1985 as Towns was performing at a house party only a few doors down from Smith's residence and he was missing his hype man. Smith decided to fill in. They both felt strong chemistry and Towns was upset when his hype man finally made it to the party. Soon after, the two decided to join forces. Smith enlisted a friend to join as the beatboxer of the group, Clarence Holmes' Ready Rock C, making them a trio. Philadelphia-based Word Up Records released their first single in late 1985 to 1986 when A&R man Paul Oakenfold introduced them to Word Up with their single Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble, a tale of funny misadventures that landed Smith and his former DJ and rap partner Mark Forrest, Lord Supreme, in trouble. The song sampled the theme of I Dream of Genie. Smith became known for light-hearted storytelling raps and capable, though profanity-free, battle rhymes. The single became a hit a month before Smith graduated high school. Based on this success, the duo were brought to the attention of Jive Records and Russell Simmons. The duo's first album, Rock the House, which was first released on Word Up in 1986, debuted on Jive in March of 1987. 
The group received the first Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance in 1985 for Parents Just Don't Understand, which was released in 1988, though their most successful single was Summertime in 1991, which earned the group their second Grammy and peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Smith and Towns are still friends and claim that they never split up, having made songs under Smith's solo performer credit. During the summer of 1997, Smith also began his solo music career with the release of Men in Black, the theme song for the film, which topped singles charts in several regions across the world, including the UK. Men in Black and second single, Just Cruisin', were later included on Smith's debut solo album, Big Willie Style, which reached the top 10 of the U.S. Billboard 200 and was certified nine times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, or RIAA. The third single from the album, Getting Jiggy With It, became Smith's first Billboard Hot 100 number one when it was released in 1998. So again, the place he comes from, how he got on, um... You know, the nine times platinum and the, the top 100, the top 200, the this, that. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of things there to talk about. Um, I actually cut some things out. There was more there to talk about. But I just want to take note of just in general how slept on Will Smith is, you know, when it comes to just being a rapper. Uh, there's a lot to say about him. There's a lot that people, you know, frankly, they just don't talk about. Uh, with all that added away, let's get into a Will Smith song here. Let's go to his list. Let's hit random. Okay, now, ironically enough, we just spoke about this song um, in his, uh, you know, when we talked a, a brief history and a description of Will Smith. So, the song that came up is Just Cruisin', and this is from Big Willie Style and the Men in Black soundtrack. Okay, so he starts off with intro, the maestro, nice flow, hot like nitro, cool as ice though. So now you have intro, maestro, nice flow, nitro, ice though. So you have five rhymes in two bars. And the only one that's a one-syllable rhyme is the very first one where he says intro. The rest are maestro, nice flow, nitro, ice though. The bars lead into each other well. They make perfect sense. It's a pretty good rhyme. Hot like nitro, cool as ice though. The maestro, nice flow, all that. So th those are two good bars there. You got five rhymes. Four of the five rhymes are two syllables. And the line makes sense and leads into each other well, and it's a pretty good line. So a lot of good things right there in the first two bars. That type of dichotomy, y'all know it's gotta be. Who else could it be but me? 
So now it's only one syllable on the last rhyme, but on the first bar before it, you have dichotomy, gotta be. So you have two rhymes in the first bar, three syllables, and then on the second bar, you have another rhyme, but it's only one syllable. So we have eight rhymes in four bars. Two of those rhymes are three syllables. Four of those rhymes are two syllables, and two of those rhymes are one syllable. So now that line is nothing great, but it's definitely more good than bad. Coupled with what he did in the beginning, he's off to a good start. Rub your eyes, behold the big williest. Dream supreme beam straight from Phileas. The electric female attractor, rapper slash actor right back at you. So a couple of different things there. You have williest, which is A. Then you have dream B, supreme B, beam B, straight from Phileas, which goes back to A. So now you have five rhymes again in two bars. Two of those five rhymes are three syllables. Then you have another three rhymes that are one syllable. And you have an A, B, 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 A rhyme pattern. The only negative thing with this bar is it's a run-on bar because he says straight from Phileas. Then he goes into the third bar, the electric female attractor. Rapper slash actor right back at you. Now, again, if you take these bars for what they're worth, just forget about the rhymes and just listen to what he's saying. Electric female attractor, rapper slash actor right back at you. That all makes sense. And it's all true to form. He's a rapper slash actor. I'm sure he's attracts plenty of females for m numerous reasons. Um, music being probably one of the least of them. Um, but more good than bad again in that scenario. And he did, he did use run on bars at times. But again, we're still early in hip hop here. We're still in the 80s. Um, but more, definitely more good than bad from Will Smith right here. And then in the second set of bars, you have attractor, rapper, actor, atcha. So you have another four rhymes in two bars, and they're all two syllables. They lead into each other well. They make perfect sense. Pretty good lines here. Um, again, a good start for Will Smith. And to the next millennium, Many come, but few are chosen. See me serving like the U.S. Open. Now, you have the AA, because you have, and to the next millennium, A. Many come, A, but few are chosen, B. See me serving like the U.S. Open, B. So now you have an AABB rhyme pattern with three different rhymes in the first bar. And... The first two rhymes are three syllables, many come, and then you have fewer chosen. Now, a lot of times people would either just rhyme open or some other thing that would just be one, one syllable or possibly even two. This guy does four. It's now a four syllable rhyme. Few are chosen, U.S. open. It's actually three, I guess, because it's few are chosen and U.S. open, not you are open or whatever. But again, three syllables on the rhyme, um, four rhymes in the two bars. 
there's really been very few things here to complain about, if anything at all. Um, you know, you have the one run-on bar, but everything else has been very good. This is actually more similar to, to KRS-One than anything to where you have in, you know, two syllables, three syllables, almost every line done consistently, three, four, five rhymes per bar. Um, rhymes that make perfect sense that lead into each other well and stuff like that. So... Good stuff here at the start for Will Smith. Another type of hustler listed at Blockbuster. Go and ask a movie usher, who is he? He or she? That's a Movies, CDs, and TVs. But I'm honored today you take a break from that. As I roll away with Tank and Gas, take me yet. I used to rock these. Where did I rock these? Now I rock the MVs with the 12s and Vs. And today, sun high up in the sky. From NY, la la, to MI, just cruising. Okay, so another type of hustler listed as a blockbuster. Two rhymes in the first bar, two syllables in each rhyme, and then he says, go and ask a movie usher. Now, when you just think of go and ask a movie usher, if somebody else says that, it's like, what the fuck are they talking about? That doesn't even make sense. Why would you fucking ask a movie usher about me? But it's Will Smith. Okay, so now you have three rhymes again in two bars, two syllables on all three of the rhymes, and it's a pretty hard line. It's it's simple to the to the point of where he just kind of goes silent and says, "Go and ask a movie usher." But that's really what gives it its power is kind of the way that he says it. Who is he? He or she? SFP. Movies, CDs, and TVs, but uh-uh. So you have he, she, P, movies, CDs, TVs. Now, CDs, TVs is two syllables. And then you have the five rhymes in the two bars. And then he says, but uh-uh, because today I take a break from that. As I roll where a tank of gas will take me at. So you have break from that, take me at. So it's at least two syllables, possibly three. And he's basically explaining to you, today I take a break from that as I roll where a tank of gas will take me at. So he's kind of just going with the theme of the song. Um, now, it, again, it's not a story. It's not a really like original topic or anything that he has to keep here. Um, a lot of the things that he's been saying before this didn't necessarily have to do with driving around, but there's a line that does insinuate what the, the title of the song is that he's basically saying he's just cruising around. He's taking a break from all the shit today, you know, all the being a superstar and the, the, the CDs and TVs and all that. Like today I'm just rolling around in the car, wherever the hell a tank of gas will take me. That's where I'm going. I used to rock these, red I rock Z's, so two rhymes, one syllable, now I rock the MB's with the 12's and V's. So you have four one syllable rhymes and two bars, today sun high up in the sky, two one syllable rhymes on the bar, from NY la la to MI, just cruising. So three rhymes in the two bars, all one syllable. That verse was that that was bordering raising the score of this song. 
Um, that verse by itself certainly doesn't make this a good song. It wasn't an insane verse or a ridiculous verse, but we did see a lot of things from him there. Again, as I, as I touched on earlier, similar to KRS-One, not in content at all, but in, in the fashion that you're really not seeing any bad things going on. You're not seeing any weak lines. You're not seeing any things that don't rhyme. You're not seeing just one rhyme every bar and one syllable every rhyme. You're seeing two, three, four, five rhymes per bars. You're seeing lines that make perfect sense. You're getting hard lines. Lines are leading into each other well. Most rhymes have at least two syllables, possibly three, possibly four. So it's just a lot more good done there than bad. Over 60, Clawson, 90 degrees, so many cartridges, 10 CDs, each reach to reach, south side leaning. It ain't off and I'm off and I'm cleaning for the top down, drop down, got me hot now. Eat it up, can't stop now. What up, cutie? Rock short, short's cooking, yo. Wait a minute, I don't know you, girl. Can't hurt looking, though. So he says, zero to 60. Flawson, 90 degrees, Sony cartridges, 10 CDs each. So you have degrees, Ds each. So again, three one-syllable rhymes in the first two bars. They lead into each other well. They make sense. Reach to the beach, south side leaning. It ain't often I'm off and I'm fiending. So you have reach, beach, which is two one-syllable rhymes, that's AA, then you have Southside leaning is B, then you have it ain't often, I'm often, I'm fiending. So you have AA, B, CC, B. We've never seen this rhyme pattern used before up to this part. So reach to the beach, AA, Southside leaning, B, it ain't often, C, I'm often, C, I'm fiending. B. Now, reach and beach are one syllable. Leaning and fiending are two syllables. And often and often are two syllables. And it's a good little play on words there where it's something that sounds the same often, often, but it's not. It's often and off end. So a little cool play on words there. Now, again... The only thing to take back from this is it is a run-on bar. He ends it with, and I'm fiending, and then it goes to, for the top down, drop down, got me hot now, heated up, can't stop now. So a lot of good things here, and then it's a run-on bar, which doesn't completely take away from it. And then he goes to top down, drop down, got me hot now. So we got three rhymes in the one bar. The first two are just one syllable. The third one is two syllables, and then heated up, can't stop now, which is another one syllable. So he's got another four rhymes in two bars, with one of them being a two-syllable rhyme. Now, just pay attention again when we're doing this, because we're starting to get into a pattern here a little bit, where we had KRS-One... We just had Spoonie G showing a bunch of different rhyme patterns, double syllables and things like that. I don't want you to forget where we came from. I don't want you to forget how in the beginning it was just always one rhyme per bar and it was always one syllable per rhyme. So 
when I'm pointing out these things, I don't want you to think that I'm favoring anybody over anybody else. I just want everybody to remember that the four rhymes in two bars or five rhymes in two bars, you know, with two of them being double syllables or three of them being three syllables, stuff like that. It's, it's not just average. It's not, it's above average. It's not, again, most of this stuff hasn't been amazing. It hasn't been mind blowing, but it's definitely been above average. And he's done it on pretty much every line of the song up until this point. What up cutie wop sure is cooking. Yo, I know I'm spoken for can't hurt looking though. Okay. So now you have three syllables on the, on the rhymes there cooking. Yo look in though so you have a three syllable rhyme and the line again it's kind of one of those lines where it's nothing amazing it's nothing mind-blowing but it's a good line it's it's funny it makes you laugh it's almost like when a comedian says something funny and it wasn't even a joke when they kind of just say something and it's you start fucking cracking up because it's true will smith was good at that will smith was good at saying those type of things where is not necessarily this crazy punchline or this crazy metaphor or whatever, but again, it's three syllables on the rhyme, and it's a pretty good rhyme in the fact that it leads into each other well, it makes sense, and it causes some sort of reaction from you, whether you laugh or you kind of, you know, whatever it is, it's it's a pretty good line. Okay, so pop CDs, BIGs, then Tupacs while cruising the blocks, hitting the hot spots. Three one syllable rhymes on the two bars there. Again, nothing special, but the lines lead into each other well, they make perfect sense. Got my celly on OFF. Golden Arches got my belly going, oh yes, yes. So now you have Selly on OFF. And then he says, belly going, oh yes, yes. I mean, this is this is good because Selly and belly is two syllables. And then he says, Selly on, belly gone. So it's one of those things where on and going is not necessarily technically a rhyme, but the way that he flows it and the way the words are placed and the way that it all is said, you got a scenario where, and then you got after that, OFF and oh yes, yes. Now FF and yes, yes are the same things as each other where it's only two syllables instead of three, OF, oh yes. But you also have the two from before and then the on and going, which is set in a, in a flow type of manner. So you're looking at like, four to five syllables on that rhyme right there. And you're kind of looking at if, if you want to break it up and you don't want to count on and going, then you have an ABAB rhyme pattern with each of those rhymes being two syllable rhymes. Then you have, so let's just ease on down, ease on down the road. No pager roll my hip as I'm rolling in my whip. So now he's basically again going on with kind of the theme of the story of kind of just letting everything go. No page of roll on my hip as I'm rolling my whip. It is a scenario where he says, ease on down the road and then doesn't rhyme anything with road. Instead, he goes, no page of roll on my hip as I'm rolling my whip. So 
it's one of those things where he just rhymes the second bar with itself as opposed to rhyming the first bar with the second bar, which is a little bit of a shortcut or a cop-out. I don't remember it being done at any point before in this song. If it was, I do want to point out that he, he does use run-on bars sometimes. Not all the time, but he, he definitely does do them enough to where it was probably noted when I took notes on him. But... He's not doing it in a fashion where he can't make rhymes without doing run-on bars. Because today I'm on the solo creep. Man, why you think I be working so hard all week? I'm just cruising. One rhyme per bar, creep week, one syllable per rhyme. Just simple stuff there, basic simple stuff, the way he ends his verse off right there. But again, another verse where there was a lot of things done, more good than bad there. Um, I would say at this point, between the first and the second verse, he was he would definitely get some extra points for a lot of the things that he's done there. Um, you know, again, it may only be a quarter of a point or so, but at this point in the song, it's noted that he has definitely done way more good than bad. Okay, so sun setting in the SKY, must say I've had the best day um trying to find an exit, a place to chill, not too hectic so I can spend some time with Will. He does have a run on bar there, but again, a lot more good than bad. You have the SKY, then must say I've. So that's three syllables on the two rhymes there. Had the best day I'm, another, so you have three, three syllable rhymes in two bars. You have the run on bar, but then it's I'm trying so that kind of rhymes the way he says it. To find, again, try and find um, an exit, a place to chill, not too hectic, so I can spend some time with Will. So you got exit, two syllables, A, place to chill, B, not too hectic, A, two syllables, so I could spend some time with Will, B. So you have an A, B, A, B rhyme pattern. Two of the four rhymes in those two bars are two syllables, and we have four rhymes in two bars. Let the sunshine to the moonlight clear my mind. Soul search. See what I find. So you have three rhymes, and then you have shine, mind, and find, which are all one syllable. Um, that's mostly basic. It's a, you know, nothing special about that line. Just pretty simplistic, pretty basic. But again, all this stuff, all these bars lead into each other well. Then he goes off of soul search, see what I find. If I'm being the best lover and friend, am I being the best daddy I can? So you have the end of the bar before that is fine. Then he says I'm, so he just throws in an extra rhyme there. Being the best lover and friend, am I being the best daddy I can? So again, it's kind of you. Can, it's just it's just a vibe that you could get from the song. You you hear the beat, 
the whole entire song has the same vibe. It's just about cruising. It's just about letting go of your ego and your pride and shutting your electronics off and just riding and soul searching and, you know, being true to yourself and things like that. So it's a theme that's been kept. Again, it's not something that he would get extra points for because it's not really like a, a super original song topic or a story or anything like that. But I do just want to point out that he's doing a good job of keeping a general vibe on the song. Okay, so he goes on feeding off of Am I the Best Daddy I Can? I pray I am, which again rhymes with the ball before it. And I feel good today. Reminisce as I'm cruising around the way. So today, the way, two syllables, just the two rhymes on the two bars. Roll tight past the park where I used to play. Can't think of a better way to spend my day. Now you have another three rhymes on those two bars with play, way, and day. Again, all just one syllable. Still finding my way, still growing. Patrol blowing, moon soon showing. So now you have way, which rhymes with day from the line before it. Again, he's showing a pattern of doing that. Still growing, which is two syllables. Petrol blowing, which is two syllables. And then moon soon showing. So you have A-A-B-B-A. A rhyme pattern there, growing A, blowing A, moon B, soon B, showing A. So we got five rhymes and two bars. Three of the five rhymes are two syllables, and two of the two rhymes are one syllable. Gots to get going, losing the light, and the freaks come out at night, right? Just cruising. So not only does he keep the vibe of the song going, but he does a good job of kind of painting a timeline here i mean this is a type of scenario where you could put this song on or let's say you have it on a playlist or something like that and drive around on a tank of gas and you know watch the sunset or something like that and this guy's painting a timeline to where at the start of the song he's just getting started with the with the cruising and he you know he kind of he kind of paints a picture of who he is and why he wants to get away from all of it and just go for a ride in his car. And then as he's rapping, he, you know, goes from it's 90 degrees to, um, you know, the moon is soon showing to I'm losing light and the freaks come out at night, right? Which is three rhymes on the two bars, just one syllable on the rhyme. But I just want to point out a lot of good things done here. Nothing amazing, nothing mind blowing, nothing miraculous, but this was one of Will Smith's more popular songs. It certainly wasn't his most popular song, but it was one of his more popular songs. Um, when you factor in everything about this song, I mean, really, the only negatives that you can take away at all from this song is I believe there was either either two, maybe three run-on bars in there, which I spoke about earlier. Will Smith, he did do sometimes, um, but... 
that was it. I mean, other than that, you had two, three, four, five syllables on rhymes. You had two, three, four, five rhymes in, in two bars and stuff like that. You had a handful of lines that definitely invoked some sort of emotion or reaction, whether it was laughing or oh shit or... You know, you have the scenario with where it's kind of like a timeline where in the beginning of the song, he he's explaining who he is, where he's coming from, why he wants to get away from all this shit. And it's 90 degrees out and this and that. And it goes into, you know, basically a song ending. And he painted a picture of him driving around in the sun setting. And now it's the night and stuff like that. So I think when you add everything together for this song, this song probably got a two. This was probably a good song. Um, it had a fair amount of popularity. And the good certainly outweighed the bad lyrically for sure. Um, the whole theme and vibe of the song was kept and stuff. Again, he definitely wouldn't get points for it being like an original song topic or, you know, a real story song with some type of crazy ending or anything like that. But way more good than bad done in this song. And I, I would, I would, I feel confident saying that that song was probably scored as a two, which is a good song. Um, now that we heard something from Will Smith. Let's hear what I wrote down about Will Smith when I was studying Will Smith. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Will Smith was one of the most underrated rappers that I can think of. The Fresh Prince was tremendous at stringing bars together for entire songs or verses. He didn't have very many amazing lines, but didn't have many weak ones either. The Fresh Prince proved he could rhyme a lot of words per bar and hold his own lyrically, while also being able to take things to a deep and serious level, finishing well above average lyrically. He dropped nine albums, and although he didn't have any classics, two of them were great and another six were good. He only had three great songs, but he also only put out one weak one of 114 songs, which is pretty impressive. As far as impact in the game, for some reason Will always wound up having more success with acting than he ever did with rap. I thought he was pretty damn good at both, or at least better than most people give him credit for in this department. Although his name isn't brought up much in these discussions, Slick Rick, Diddy, and LL Cool J were certainly listening to him. In fact, I don't think many people realize that Will Smith had come out before Slick Rick and was really one of the first rappers ever with a funny storytelling type style and image. In general, he was pretty damn original, always stayed himself, made his own kind of music with his own message, and had his own style, etc. Now most of what I just said there was reflected in that song. You did see a lot of times we had a lot of rhymes per bar. You did see how there wasn't really any amazing lines, but he definitely had some good emotion, reaction-provoking lines. Um, you can see that he was always true to himself. You know, go ask an usher. Um, just... You know, I hope I'm I hope I'm the best dad I can be. You never ever really saw Will Smith selling out or now when I say selling out, I don't mean that Will Smith didn't go out of his way to do um, you know, what was going to sell him records. He did, but he did it in his own way. He didn't sell his style or sell his his soul or sell his morals for a paycheck. He didn't turn around and start rapping about things that weren't true to him. Um, he didn't totally switch his style. So I just want to make it clear that when I say that he didn't sell out, I don't mean it in the sense that he didn't make commercial music. He certainly did. 
But he did what he wanted to do and he did it in his own way and he never deviated from who he was or the message that he was trying to send ever. I mean, for fuck's sake, I don't think the guy ever cursed in a song. I mean, we talked about how he's the first, the first one out of 28 people to not be from New York. We talked about how he came out before Slick Rick and was really the first rapper ever to, to have this, you know, this funny image and this funny storytelling type style and stuff like that. And then now we're talking about hip hop music and this guy had a nine album career that spanned, you know, about 20 years or so and never even said a curse. I'm not saying that it's impressive in the sense that it's hard not to curse. Of course, you could, you know, just swap words out and not curse. I get that, but it's certainly different. It's certainly original. Um, and it, you know, it's certainly not a shortcut. There are times where you can throw a curse word in you know, simply kind of for lack of a better word or something like that. And he just simply never did that. So with all that being said, let's get into the math of Will Smith lyrics, six and a half. Okay. Now I want to, I want to comment on this really quick. I I don't remember who it was. It might've been more than one person that we've done so far, but I wanted to note that again, in my phone while doing this study, he's written down as a six and a half slash six. So he's right on the cusp. He's very close to being a six and he's much closer to being a six than he is to being a seven for sure. The reason I point this out is you're going to see other artists in the future that get scores of six and a half, but I have them written in my phone as a six and a half seven. So I wouldn't say that they're not better than Will Smith lyrically. They are, but I just feel that both guys are in that six and a half range to where again, you have 450 guys fitting in a, in a 10 number span here. So you're going to have a lot of people that are, they, they have the same number, but they really weren't technically exactly the same. So again, I just, he gets a six and a half because he did get to the six and a half and he was able to stay there, but very close to a six. Whereas you're going to have some other people that are six and a half, very close to a seven. Um, his album score is a 4.11 with no classics. Song score is plus 0.17. His impact, he gets a five and a half. Originality, he gets a nine. Now, as far as the impact score, he gets a little bit above average because you did hear how he was really the first rapper to have this like funny image and this funny storytelling style and stuff like that, which I won't say paved the way for a lot of people, but it, it was done before Slick Rick. Now, I'm not saying that Slick Rick stole Will Smith's style in any way, shape, or form. But I am saying that Will Smith was out first and did do it before Slick Rick. So, I don't really think anybody gives any acknowledgement to that. Now, the problem here is that Will Smith had the scenario when we spoke about earlier, uh, you know, whatever, I think it was a single, was nine times platinum. He had a bunch of singles that were in, you know, number one on, on the Hot 100 or things like that. So he did have a lot of commercial success as a rapper. However, he never really was able to gain. Now, don't get me wrong. I know you have some people that are going to sit there and tell you, yo, Will Smith is fucking dope. He could spit for sure. But in general, from your hip hop community, you don't really get that. You don't really hear people naming him as a top guy. 
you don't really hear people putting him on the same level as certain people where I feel he should be put there. So I do think that he lost a little bit there in impact with the fact that he's not getting the actual real hip-hop heads to bring him up as one of these guys. I also wanted to note that when you have so much success as something above something else, it dims the light on the other thing. And I think this is what happens here. Now, you could use a perfect example of, you know, Michael Jordan or something, right? Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, turns around and decides, hey, I'm going to go play baseball. Now, I know Michael Jordan's dad was a baseball player and stuff like that, so I'm not trying to make this sound completely, like, outrageous that Michael Jordan turned around and played baseball, but when you think about it, 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 it is kind of outrageous. I know we've had a couple of athletes that have turned around and done this and played on a professional level in, in more than one sport, but it's pretty mind-blowing. And the reason it's mind-blowing is because it's astonishing to play a professional sport. It's astonishing to just play one professional sport. Being a professional athlete is one of those things where if you tell your parents when you're seven, eight years old, what are you going to be when you go over? I'm going to be this. You know, as you start to get older, they start to not take that seriously anymore it's like all right well the odds of you really being in you know in the in the nba or the mlb or whatever are very slim why don't we pick something else i mean michael jordan did it and he was one of the greatest in one of those sports ever and then he decided to turn around and do it in another sport i mean the fact that he's even capable of that is astonishing now was michael jordan a great baseball player here's the thing yes he was he was a great baseball player he just was nowhere near the caliber of the basketball player that he was. Was he in the MLB hitting home runs and playing great? No. He mostly played on, I believe it was a AAA team. It's still a professional tier. He's still getting paid to play baseball. So when you look at it at the end of the day, is Michael Jordan a great baseball player? Yes, he absolutely is. He played professional baseball. He's a great baseball player. But when you compare it to some other baseball players, he's not a great baseball player. When you compare it to his basketball career, he's not a great baseball player. I feel like this kind of happened to Will Smith. He's such a great actor that it kind of overshadows his rap career. And I felt that that was another scenario where he may have lost a little bit of credit in the impact category. So... He had some big things as far as records being said or a lot of times platinum or a lot of successful singles and things like that. He had the commercial success. He had scenarios where he was the first to do this or the first to do that, which would definitely bring him well above average on the impact. But then he had your other things where his rap career was overshadowed by his acting career and the fact that a lot of real hip hop heads don't ever really bring up Will Smith as being a top dog. So I felt like that kind of brought him back down to more near average, but I still thought that he did enough to remain above average with his impact, so he got a five and a half. Originality, the nine, I mean, you just, to me, if you want to debate this, it's just ridiculous. Um, he didn't follow any trends as far as his image. He didn't follow any trends as far as the things that he made songs about. He had a lot of original song ideas. His whole entire style was completely original. His image was original. He didn't curse on any songs. He's the first rapper to not, you know, 
be from the the New York area. I mean, there's just so many things that come along with this guy being original. As a matter of fact, the amount of commercial success that he had and the number of like commercial songs that he made is really one of the only few reasons that he didn't get a nine and a half in originality. So the nine there is warranted, super original in every way. Um, you add those five numbers up and you divide by five and that gives you a final rating of 5.06, which leaves Will Smith in 15th place of 114 artists done. So again, I'm only about in my study about a quarter or so, a little bit more of the way through the total number of artists. So I don't think that Will Smith is going to stay at 15. He'll probably be more near the top 50. But that being said, how many top 50 lists do you ever see with Will Smith in them? I mean, it usually just doesn't happen. I've actually seen people call him one of the worst rappers. This shit is mind-blowing to me. Will Smith is a really good fucking rapper. In pretty much every sense of the word. Lyrically, he's well above average. Again, nothing mind-blowing, nothing amazing, but well above average. Um, two great albums, however many good albums. He only had one album that was average. So almost every album he ever made was above average, either good or great. He's plus in his songs, not a big score. He only had three great songs, but only one weak song out of 114. So, I mean, the guy was doing, again, more good than bad, a slightly above average impact, and a great originality score. So it's all there. It's all plus. It's all good. It's all above average for Will Smith. So I just don't really understand, not only when somebody says he's bad, but I don't really understand when people don't have him at least in like a top 50 or so. I, I really just, everything was there for Will Smith. Um, I spoke earlier before I got into him about how I was never really into Will Smith's music. Of course I had heard some songs, but I didn't, I never really bumped Will Smith. I don't think I ever had a Will Smith album. Um, if I did, it was probably only one and it was probably just bought for me or something. Um... Not hating on Will Smith, always, you know, I love him as a person, love him as an actor, but going into this, I wouldn't say I was like a giant fan of Will Smith's music. Now that I'm done, personally, am I a giant fan of Will Smith's music in the sense that I'm going to go start bumping Will Smith? No, not really. It's just not really my personal style. The whole not cursing thing, the just... Listen, I'm not knocking it, but my, I'm really into boom bap. I'm really into that hard, grimy, hip-hop, rugged shit now. I love to hear uplifting shit. I love to hear deep shit. Um, but in general, Will Smith's style of music is just not really my style of music that I listen to. But it's good. The guy is fucking good. And he does not get the credit that he deserves. I really do think that he's probably one of the most underrated rappers of all time. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about overall. Because you're going to have... He did have a lot of commercial success. Now, you're going to have guys that have had very, very little commercial success and are going to get eight, eight and a half and shit lyrically where they were way better lyrically than Will Smith. I'm talking about... You know, now clearly those people are very underrated in the sense that their skill level very, very, very much succeeds any type of recognition that they ever got. So that gap there is huge. 
But what I'm talking about with Will Smith being one of the most underrated rappers of all time is the total package. When you talk about these underground guys that aren't getting the credit they deserve, they're not going to necessarily get an above average score and impact. They're not going to get a nine in originality. Now, some of them might get some of these things, but he had all of them. So I just, again, I just don't understand when people leave this guy out of like a top 50 conversation, I really bluntly just don't understand why. What aspect of him is bringing him out of this top 50? I, I just I just don't really understand it. Um, I really hope that, I don't give a fuck who goes and listens to Will Smith and I don't give a fuck who likes Will Smith at all. But I really hope that after listening to this that, People give a little bit more credit and recognition to Will Smith. Now, I'm not saying that you guys run around making top 50 lists quite often and I'm yelling at you like, I want to see Will Smith in that top 50 from now on. But I just want you to just maybe keep in the back of your head that Will Smith is fucking underrated, man. The guy was good. So let's give credit where it's due. Hats off to Will Smith. Much respect to him. You know, if nothing else for just being himself, being super original and being above average in, in all aspects. Um, again, didn't get the success as a rapper that he did as an actor, but I really think that we're really sleeping on Will Smith as a rapper in general in the hip-hop community. So I, I would kind of like to see that change. Again, he's not a top couple of guy. I don't want people to start nailing Will Smith at 5 and 10 and shit like that. You know, that's ridiculous, but... I just think to never have this guy in anyone's top 50 list or any type of conversation is, honestly, to me, it's just quite ridiculous. I mean, you have other people that, to me, when I do this study and I break down what these people did or didn't do, they finish pretty far back. And then you have Will Smith, who finishes pretty high up, and people are swapping these guys. People are swapping somebody I got in 75th place with Will Smith, and it's fucking crazy to me. So, anyway, with that out of the way, let's talk about the list as it is right now. Now, this is the first episode in April. So, I talked about in February and March, I believe, or maybe it was just March, how we were going to cover the top, we were going to list the top 33% of artists covered And then as the months went on, we were going to lower this number because if I stay with 33, the more artists we do, the more artists I have to name. So now it's April and we're going to switch this from being a top 33% to being a top 25%. Now we have 28 artists done up to this point. So the top 25% would be your top seven artists right now. That number of 25 will be lowered to 20 in May and it will carry on and it will go down to as low as probably somewhere around 5 or 2 or 1% to where you're only going to hear me naming a couple of guys for a while but then it's going to stay like that and that's going to consistently grow. When you have a top 5% and we're at the end of this study and we're going through 400 guys, you know, you're still talking about 20 to 40 guys here depending on how many people are tied and stuff like that. So let's get into our top 25% of our final list now. At the top, we have KRS-One, who is in sixth place of 114 artists done. As we said earlier, he is the first artist so far to crack the top 10. Behind him, we still have Rev Run of Run DMC, 
who's in 12th place of 114 artists. Right behind him, we have LL Cool J, who's in 13th place of 114 artists. And just slightly behind him, we now have Will Smith, who's in 15th of 114 artists. Behind him, we have DMC of Run DMC, who's tied for 17th of 114 artists. Behind him, we have Chuck D, who's 24th of 114 artists. And then behind him, the last one we'll mention, is Kumo D in 26th of 114 artists done. So you have KRS-One, Rev Run, LL Cool J, Will Smith, DMC, Chuck D, and Kumo D as your top 25% now. I think it's crazy how I, I don't think many people would would expect Will Smith to be in 15th place out of a you know not only out of 114 artists done but also to be in the top 25% of you know only 28 artists that we've done so far. So a full package there from Will Smith, pretty impressive stuff from Will Smith and I just want to note that I'm well aware that a lot of people are not going to agree with me on this one. I'm well aware that a lot of people are going to give me shit, which is why I spoke last week about how this was such a big and important episode, and I I think it is. Now, I also want to say that I don't really give a fuck about who disagrees with me on this, because again, if you would like to debate it, we can sit down and debate the individual scores. I had my cousin who was debating something with me. I I can't say what it was because I don't want to spoil anything. But something that I told him, an order of of artists that I told him just didn't sit right with him. And it doesn't sit right with me either, quite frankly, because it's, it's not my personal preference. So I said to him, first of all, the margin between these two artists is so small that I'm not even going to argue with you that the other one belongs on top of the other one in the reverse order that I have it. I won't argue with you about that because it's like a point zero one or a point zero two or something separating these artists. So for all intents and purposes, they're even just, you know, one got that point zero one higher than the other. So you want to switch them, go ahead and switch them, but don't tell me that the one that I have at five and the one that I have at six, that you have, you know, six at one and you have the guy that I have at five at 20. I, I don't want to hear that. It's not happening. Um, point of me bringing this up is I sat down with him and I said, you know, like I said, I'm not going to argue with you because you, you could be right. You know, just a, just a, a tiny slight difference in a song score or any minute thing could have that 0.01 be made up. So again, uh, I didn't want to argue with him, but what I did do is I sat down and I went over, I compared the two in each category. This is his lyrical score. This is his lyrical score. What do you disagree with? Nothing. Okay, this is his album score, this is his album score. What do you disagree with? Nothing. Okay, this is his song score, and so on and so forth, right? And we got to the end, and he didn't disagree with anything, and I said, okay, well then, you know, you add those numbers up, you divide by five, this guy's comes out to this, this guy's comes out to this. So, you're not really disagreeing with me. And it's one of those things where they were so close that, again, you want to switch them, go ahead and switch them. Just don't move them too far on the list, because it's, it's just inaccurate. Now, with this, again... You want to put DMC in front of Will Smith? I'm not going to argue with that. You're talking about 15th place and 17th place. I won't really argue with that. There's minor discrepancies that we could have in there that would that would toggle that, you know, small discrepancy in score right there. But again, Will Smith belongs up here. And I if anybody disagrees with me, again, they're welcome to sit down and go over the scores with me. 
Um, I don't, I really specifically don't want to hear that I'm being biased because not only did I not fuck with Will Smith's music before doing this, not only was I not a Will Smith fan, I didn't dislike him, but I wasn't a Will Smith fan as far as his, you know, his music or rapping or anything like that. But on top of that, when I was done with Will Smith and even after giving him this good score, I'm still telling you I'm not really a fan of Will Smith's music like that. So I'm not being biased because he's nowhere near in my top 15 favorite rappers or any anything like that. He's literally probably not even in my top 100 favorite rappers. But the man did what he did. He deserves the scores that he got and he deserves to be right around that spot that he's in, give or take a couple of slots. Now, also what we've been doing is the current top 10% lyrically. So your top 10%, we don't have 30 artists covered yet, so it's going to stay at 2 for this week, and next week it will go to 3. The top 10% lyrically next week will be 3 people. Then when we get to 40, it will be 4 people, and I think I'm probably going to wind up changing the percentage as the seasons go on, which is something else that I want to talk about in a minute. Um, We'll get into that. But for now, it's two people. So in the top slot lyrically, we have KRS-One with a seven. Then in the slot behind him, we now have Will Smith as the second best lyrical rapper through a course of seven years of hip-hop and 28 artists done. We have Will Smith sitting in second behind KRS-One. He gets a six and a half. Now, he boots out the long-standing Rev Run who has been in the top 10% lyrically since we started doing it. Okay, now we had to get to 10 artists covered in order to do the top 10% lyrically. So by the time we got to 10 artists covered, Rev Run was in there. So Rev Run has been in the top 10% lyrically since we started doing this. And LL Cool J has been tied with him for two years of hip-hop. Again, for us, it's quick. We're going week by week, so it doesn't seem like LL Cool J was in there for that long. But it was a period of 1985 to 1987, and we're just about on to 1988. So it was close to three years that LL Cool J was tied with Rev Run holding on to that either first or second slot or whatever it was at the time until, I believe it was last week when KRS-One came in, and fucking shattered the lyrical score and got a 7. Now Will Smith comes in and boots out Rev Run and gets a a 6.5. Now, 6.5 is again another pretty good gap up from 5.5. You had a lot of people getting 3.5, 4, 3, 4.5, 5, shit like that. Everything was kind of, you know, lingering in that same kind of area. Until you finally had Rev Run, who was the first person that was above average lyrically and got a five and a half, shortly followed by LL Cool J tying him. So we had two people right there that were the first to get above average, and then that kind of stays. They stay there for a couple of years, you have a couple of more fours, a couple more three and a halves, things like that, and then bang, all of a sudden you get KRS-One gets a seven, which is a crazy jump from five and a half to seven. Now... You come back with Spoonie G who gets a three and a half and then bang, Will Smith six and a half. Another full point jump up from Rev Run because 
I did want to point out, I, I believe Rev Run was one of the other artists who we spoke about. It was a five and a half slash five and L, and Will Smith and Will Smith is a six and a half slash six. So any way you cut it, Will Smith, a full point above Rev Run and really only having come out two years after Rev Run. So again, more impressive stuff here from Will Smith. I, I, you know, I think the guy is super slept on. I'm going to partially blame it on him not cursing and his style of rapping not really appealing to like the ghetto and the poor people and him having a lot of commercial success but that all being overshadowed by his acting these are all probably really main reasons why you don't see will smith being brought up in these conversations but again I hope that I could change some minds after today. Again, not necessarily to be a Will Smith fan and go out and listen to his music, but to change your perception on Will, where Will Smith belongs when we're talking about maybe a top 50 or something like that. If you'd like to see any of these full lists, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. Everything is spelt normally. Um... We have that donate button on the Anchor profile, which is anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. So again, if you're feeling generous, hit your boy up. I don't care if it's a dollar, 50 cents, whatever it is. It's really the thought that counts. It's really kind of a motivation thing. I don't expect anybody to donate $100 or anything where I'm going to turn out, oh, I'm going to pay my bills or I'm going to go buy a pair of kicks or I'm going to buy my kids something. I don't expect any of that to happen, but... When somebody does go out of their way to donate, hey, bro, here's 50 cents or a dollar, it's kind of one of those things where it's not hurting them, but they're giving you the gesture of, you're doing a good job, bro, keep at it. It's just, you know, it's almost the same thing as just saying something motivating to somebody. So anybody that does go ahead and do that, greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, if you don't, again, I don't care. I'm not asking for it. I know people are struggling, especially now, even if you're not struggling and you have a lot of money and you don't feel like giving me shit, cool. I appreciate you listening. Doesn't matter to me. We're going to ride out with this. We're going to keep doing this. Um, now, before I told you about how I would probably change the percentage on the top lyrical list as the seasons changed. We started off with 10, so we can really only go to like five and probably one after that. So I, I do expect it to be a while before we change that percentage, but I decided that we're going to do this podcast in seasons for a couple of reasons. I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I've come to the conclusion that it is going to be much better for not only me, but for you guys if the podcast is done in seasons. So every decade is going to be a season from now on. So when the 80s is over with, we're going to end season one and we're going to take a break. Now, breaks will be anything less than six months. So the podcast is always going to start back up first week of June or first week of January, depending on where the last season left off. So we're never going to go more than six months without the podcast or anything like that. Um, you know, June to January or something along those lines or January to June, whatever, vice versa is probably generally what it's going to be. Obviously, some seasons are going to be longer than others. The 90s is going to be super long. So season two is going to be super long. Season one is probably going to wind up being the shortest season. Um, again, I think this break is for everybody's benefit. I think it's for your benefit. I think it's for my benefit. I think it's for the benefit of the study itself. Um, 
So I just wanted to inform everybody we're going to be doing seasons. Season 1 will end at the end of the 80s. Season 2 will pick up at the start of the 90s and so on. Um, that's that's pretty much it for episode 11, man. I know this was a long episode, but we had a lot of shit to cover here, man. We had one of the original rappers. We had one of the most underrated rappers. Um, two, you know, two instrumental parts of hip-hop here. We had a new thing added in where we had to talk about the seasons, stuff like that. So a big episode, a long episode. I apologize if it was, you know, dragged on in any way, but I want to talk about who will be on next week. That will be Rock Him and Ice T. That's another huge episode. Now, it's not a huge episode in the sense of of this where you know, you got somebody who in, invented the term hip hop or you know, something like that. But I mean, come on, look who we're talking about. We're talking about Rakim and Ice-T. Rakim and Ice-T are both legendary in their own way. And we're, and I, I spoke last week or a couple of weeks ago about how we're in the golden era of the golden era of hip-hop. So we're really starting to get into not only some huge names here, but some huge finishes. Now, I'm through 114 artists. So I understand that this might not look like so much right now where you have KRS-One or Rev-Run or whoever. And it's like, all right, yeah, these guys are doing good, but we're only through 28 guys here. Well, no, we're not. Me and you are only through, you know, dissecting 28 guys here. But I am through 114 artists. So the people that are finishing top five and top 10, it is a big deal because these are people that probably are going to finish, you know, in your top 20, top 50. So they may not stay where they are, but they're going to have big finishes um, and certainly big names. You know, we've had Rev Run, Run DMC, LL Cool J, we, you know, Chuck D, KRS-One. We've had many big names here and we're going to continue that trend of big names coming up next week with Rakim and Ice-T. So that concludes episode 11, episode 12 next week, Rakim, Ice-T. I will see you then. Enjoy being bored. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well. Better off.